Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everybody i'm here live exclusively on facebook why because youtube hates christians my channel is on lockdown right now and i'm unable to upload until wednesday but when wednesday comes the archived edition of this podcast will be uploaded to youtube.com slash ben the baptist but until then I'm live here on the Facebook page associated with that YouTube channel. It's Ben the Baptist KJV. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit the like button over there on the page. Facebook.com slash Ben the Baptist KJV is the place to go to do that. But this is Brother Ben here, and I'm joined by Brother Guzman from the YouTube channel, Guzman1611. Now, I want to preface by saying this. The world has its, quote, iconic young people that it looks up to. An example would be that weirdo, Greta Thunberg, who delivered that speech at the United Nations about the climate change fraud. Well, she's upheld by the fake media, and she's looked at as this hero by the world. Well, you know what? The Christian community also has some pretty smart young people, and one of them is the gentleman joining me tonight, Guzman1611. You guys should all check out his YouTube channel. We'll be plugging it frequently throughout the live stream. But right now, let me introduce him to you all for the first time coming onto the show tonight. Guzman, thank you for being my uh, special guest this evening. It's good to get this opportunity to chat with you and Give the audience a chance to get to know you a little better. How you doing tonight? Hey, first, I'd like to say uh, thanks so much, Ben, for having me on. I, I wanted to thank everybody who has helped grow my channel. Uh, it, first, I'd like to say, you know, I'm, do, I'm doing well. Uh, and, I, and I really appreciate this opportunity to be on, the chan- be on the show. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, no problem at all. And like I said... The world would promote young people like Greta Thunberg, who believes in feminism and climate change and Black Lives Matter and all this other garbage. It's time for the Christian community to start churning out some young, some young people in opposition to all that, who believe in righteousness, who believe in the truth, who love God, who love God's word. And, you know, the Bible says, let no man 
despise thy youth. So it doesn't matter how old you are. If you love the Lord Jesus Christ and you're willing to put out content to try and turn many to righteousness and help expose the lies out there and promote the truth, to me, that's a positive. And so I've always been an admirer of some of the things you do. Let's start off by just giving people a chance to get to know you a little bit in the sense of who you are as a person. When did you get saved? Talk about your salvation testimony here to start off this live stream. Sure, Ben. Um, so, first off, I'm Jonathan Guzman. I'm uh, I'm 14. I host the channel Guzman1611. So, um, my testimony. Um, first off, uh, I, I, I owe a lot of the credit to my parents because they took me to church. Probably not, like, the best churches in the world. Like, they, they were like these mega churches and whatnot. Um, but we, we grew out of it, and uh, we... we and thank God we found the truth and everything. Um, um, so I had, you know, I had a Christian upbringing my whole life. You know, my parents are Christians. We got, we went to church. Um, but I really, really, really liked science. I, I that was just something that I was really um, espoused to, if you will. Um, I would. Like when I was in public school, I every single time I was in public school, I would always, you know, we would go to the library at, at the public school, and we, and I would always come back with the with like a backpack full of books about science, like dinosaurs, or or sometimes about history and whatnot. Some of the public libraries, and I would, you know, uh, get some of the books there as well. Uh, I just really loved studying my whole life. I always wanted to find out the truth. And I was really into writing as well. So one day I was writing this book about dinosaurs. And I said some, uh, something along the lines like, um, uh, dinosaurs went extinct 65 million years ago um, due to uh, an asteroid or a meteor, right? An impact from a meteor. But if the Bible is true, then Noah's, Ar Noah's flood killed the dinosaurs off. And so, you know, I put that, if you know yay hath god said you know um so my mom just looked at the book and i showed it to my mom and she looked at it and she said what do you mean if like you don't believe that the bible is true and and i'm like well i don't want to offend my peers you know i don't want to offend my friends and i say well excuse me she says well this right here that you have written here 65 million years ago that goes against the bible she didn't tell me it was false. She just told me, you know, it went against the Bible. And I had known that for a long time. I had known that Genesis, the early chapters of Genesis contradicted what the Bible says. So whenever I would go to church, somebody would ask me, when did the dinosaurs live? And I'd say, well, Adam and Eve, you know, lived together with the, with the dinosaurs and everything. But um, if I was at school or something and in science, I would say, well, no human being had ever seen a dinosaur. So... I had always known that there was some sort of contradiction there. And then after my mom told me that, I just really dove in. And I kept on studying to the point that I am now. Um, and I don't think there's any possible way or any evidence to suggest that the Bible is wrong. Or that you know, Scripture is wrong. Or that the creation is wrong. And creationism is wrong. So, um, yeah. Well, one of my That's favorite. Sort of my testimony. Let me just let me just say this real quick. One of my favorite 
uh, portions of scripture that would deal with this is in Job chapter 40, verse 15, where it says, Behold now behemoth, which I made with thee, he eateth grass as an ox. Lo, now his strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. And it goes on, it talks about how his tail is like that of a cedar, which I think is clearly representative of a dinosaur. So the Bible does talk about this, and it is the subject of some of the content you've put out recently. But in terms of when you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, do you have any memories of that, you know, the gospel being presented to you and, and getting saved? Who got you saved? Sure. Well, um, my memory is very vague about it, but I do remember uh, my mom telling me about Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had like a crucifix there, you know. I mean, we weren't Catholics, but, you know, we had, like, a right gospel and everything. Yeah. And she told me, well, Jesus Christ died on the cross. He went to hell for three days and three nights he rose again, and all you need to do is believe and you'll be safe forever. Right. And, you know, you know she, she just went through the gospel just very briefly, you know. Um, uh, so, at that point, you know, she led me into a word of prayer, and I guess. I, I mean, I, I think I got saved at that point because, you know, this, uh, if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth, you know, you're saved, right? So Yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that's when I got saved. And then um, when I was like 9 or 10, I first found out about Pastor Anderson uh, through after the tribulation. So, um, yeah, that's sort of like how I got saved. Very cool. And after you found out about Pastor Anderson, I'm sure you got plugged in, probably got on fire for the Lord, and here you are now with a YouTube channel. Talk about what led to your decision to start your own channel and start putting out your own content. Well, first off, uh, the channel was never, like, I never thought that my channel was going to get, you know, huge. <laughs> right. Quite frankly, I just, you know, I was just putting videos out there. And I, tried, I mean, I was just like, it was sort of to me a channel was just basically like charting your like what you learn. So I would like sit down, I would listen to a sermon or I would read the Bible and then I would like you know create some notes and then create a video to just basically have like a um uh, you know like a a video to go back to like what you studied before, right? So that was mainly what it was, but then it started growing after that, not too much. Um the first channel, I started another one in 2017, um, and in 2017, I started making some more videos, I started getting more views, about 100 views after a couple, a couple months, Right. and then, you know, right now, my average viewership is like about 150, 200, something like that. Um, not too big, but, you know, still good. Yeah, if so, you could reach one person, frankly, amen, even though that right. seems like a low bar, then I think you're doing something good. The Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse 4, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And you know, here's the thing, Guzman. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of kids in their early teenage years and younger who are friends with the world. And what I mean by that is they don't care about the things of God at all. They don't care about church. They don't care about the Bible or theology or creation. 
or some of the things you're interested in. Instead, they just they just care about sitting around and playing video games all day. They just care about sitting right. around, picking their nose, watching television, and you know, regurgitating all these factoids about their favorite TV show or their favorite movie and wasting their time. It seems like the youth in America, it's almost like they're, a lot of them, because of the influence of their families and their parents, are just completely brain dead and just plugged into entertainment, plugged into the TV, plugged into Hollywood. What have you noticed about that in terms of people in your age bracket do you think it's getting better? Are there more people that are in their early teens that are starting to wake up? Or are you kind of the lone voice here? I mean, what do you think about your generation, the younger generation? Is there hope for the younger generation? That's my question, Guzman. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a great question. Um, back when I was still in public school, there was obviously a lot of Christian kids in my class. I think, like, there were about 10 Christian kids. You know, the class is made up of, like, some 20, 25 kids, right. and like 10 of them are Christians. That would include me. And, you know, back then, I wasn't as... Um, I would, like, listen to preachers uh, preach the Bible, and I would, like... Uh, I When we would go to church, I would open my Bible and read it, along with the preacher or whoever, you know? Um, so I, I think I always had, like, a passion for God that was later rediscovered later in my life. Um, you know, my, how long can, you know, as, but, um, so is there hope for this generation, for my generation? I think there is, I, I, I haven't, like, for example, I, I would, being younger, I, it's easier to interact with kids in my age group because, you know, you're, you you bring up some. If you're smart, you're cool. You know, <laughs> at least it used to be like that. Yeah. Um, but if you're smart, you're cool, right? You're you're a nerd at that point. Or if you have friends, you're a geek. You know. Um, so, uh, I I talk to like these young kids, and you know, ten to fifteen years old, and, and I'm like, and I'm showing them the Bible, and one of them, I was actually at an ice cream store one time, and I was presenting the very suitable place to, to share the gospel, huh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I was sharing the gospel with the, this one 10-year-old boy and his sister. And, uh, and I was showing him the, Rome, the Bible, and I was showing him the Romans Road and everything. And, and after I, I was done and we prayed and everything, and he's told, he looked at me and I said, you know, I learned more just now than I ever have in school. He looked at me right in the and he said, I learned more just now than I ever had in, in, in school. Yeah. And, you know, I say praise God, you know, because there's still a chance. And especially when you're, when you're talking to people who don't, who have already a religious upbringing, you know, people who are Catholics and everything, it's easier at that point. If you're talking to people who grow up in non-religious homes, it's, it's harder, but Generally, there's there's just a lot of hope in the young people, and there's a lot of kids, um, very few though, but still a lot of kids who are interested in science and everything. And I and I and if they get saved, and they get interested in what you know creationism and everything, I think they'd be a very 
team as well. So, yeah, yeah I, I definitely think there's a lot of hope. Well, that's good news. And, and you know what? I do think that as well, because at the end of the day, there's always going to be a righteous remnant. And that's true even for that next generation you talked about. But it's also the responsibility of the adults of this current generation right now to ensure right. that these young people are being instilled with good godly values. And the Bible puts that responsibility on the parents. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says in verse 6, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. So it says in verse number 7 that they should teach them diligently under their children, the children of Israel here, commanded to do so in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And, and to me, that's sort of a lost culture in the West specifically, is parents taking responsibility for the values of their children. Instead, they just stick them in front of a television set and allow that to warp their mind rather than having family Bible time and teaching them good conservative traditional godly values and it's unfortunate that is the majority but like i said there's always a remnant and i think it's that remnant that will help take the torch from this current generation of new ifb personalities if you will and continue and propagate the message forward but again it's up to the parents it's not going to come from the public fool system i've been in the public fool system myself guzman and I can tell you from experience, it's really, really, really bad. Even back when I was there, right. I guarantee it's probably a lot worse today. Kids saying all kinds of filth and smut and deviancy, and it's really, really, really bad. They're being instilled with anti-God values. And I think it's the education system, the public fool system, that's one of the main catalysts for the wrong direction this country is going down. It starts in elementary, it starts in kindergarten, and it continues all the way. I mean, think about these freaks. They put these freaks in front of the kids at Drag Queen Story Hour at the public yeah. library. So it starts at the young age. The indoctrination starts at the young age, and it continues all the way through post-secondary education, through the colleges and universities across the country that are just pounding socialism and, and leftism and Marxism into the brains of young, impressionable minds who are going there thinking they're getting a quality education when instead they're learning about microaggressions and PC culture and a bunch of nonsense. How do we turn the right. tide against all that? It starts at the local New Testament church, and it also starts with individual families saying, enough is enough. We're not going to take this crap anymore. We're going to educate our children, and we're going to make sure that they learn what the Bible says about certain issues so they can formulate a godly worldview rather than a worldview that emanates from wicked people, right, who want nothing right. to do with the Word of God. So that's just my little rant there, Guzman. But I think when people see a young person such as yourself who's a soul winner, who goes to church, who loves the Lord, that can serve 
as motivation for other young people to say, hey, I can be like that person. You know, the Bible talks about provoking one another unto love and good works. And we all have that role to play, whether it's you or me. We all have that role to play in our lives as being a positive example, an ambassador for Christ so that we can provoke other people. And, and you know what? I think you and I probably share the same goal with our channels in the sense that you have a channel in which you want to use it as a platform to propagate the truth and help people get on fire for the Lord. I can say that's the same for my channel, for this podcast. That's my goal as well. So. Amen. Yeah. Back to the whole indoctrination thing. You know, atheists will always say to you, like, oh, man, you you were indoctrinated as a kid. You know, you you, you only believe what your parents told you because, you know, you're, you're a religious bumpkin and everything. You don't have any evidence for your faith. Unravel that uh, in that rant. Uh, there, it can all be summarized in one response. If I'm indoctrinated, what evidence do you have to say that I was? How do you know that I was indoctrinated? And you say, well, you were indoctrinated because you were told a worldview. You were told something that you weren't able to think about objectively. And I say, well. Isn't that exact? Isn't that the exact same thing at the public school system? Great point. You're 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 saying that I'm being indoctrinated from by my parents who are Christians, believe the Bible, and they want me to believe the Bible and everything. But yet somehow it's not indoctrination when you take your kids to uh, school, and they teach them socialism. Uh, they teach them evolution about evolution yeah and uh, 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 and then they say well you're nothing but you're nothing more than an animal and then people always wonder why they're they act like animals yeah why do we have mass shootings like, and random acts of violence that occur when you tell kids your age you're nothing more than an animal you your brain uh, the behavior of your brain your thoughts constitute nothing more than fizz that randomly occurs and you fall into the same category as a horse, a pig, a dog, you're an animal just like them, who evolved over billions of years through a process that took billions of years and started with a single-celled organism, which you are biologically related to. That's preposterous. That's nonsense. And it only aids in the degrading culture we have going on right now. And it also aids in the devaluation of life that we're seeing today, not just through evolution, but abortion and things of that nature. You combine that with the violent video games and the violent entertainment and movies and TV shows that people consume, and the question of why do we see mass shootings and violent crime is a stupid one because it should be obvious. Exactly, and then you wonder why people get depressed. First of all, you're telling them that there's no creator, there's no creator God, so how can you know that anything's real? How can you know that your brain is not just a simulation? How can you know that your brain is not just in a jar? And all the experiences that you experience in this world, they're just uh, electronic, uh, le uh, electrical and chemical impulses being done to your brain in an experiment in a lab. How can you know that that's not true if there's no God? Exactly. And then people get depressed and we're wondering why, why so many people are on antidepressants nowadays. Right. Well, if there's no God, how do I know that I'm real? 
How do I know that Ben's real? How do I know that everyone watching here is real? Because I can't empirical I good night. I can't empirically look at the world without God. If because science is based upon the fact that you can test, see, and observe and know things. Science means to know. Yes. So how can you know? If you can't even know that your senses are reliable, does that make sense? How can you know anything if your senses are not reliable, if you don't know that your senses are reliable? The fact that atheists look both ways before they cross the street is evidence that God exists because they're trusting in their senses that were God-given, <laughs> that they have no evidence to suggest that they're accurate. You see yeah. what I'm saying there? Yeah, and, and the thing is as well, it, this is what leads the atheist to give up all knowledge in the sense that they would make the claim, well, no one can truly know anything for sure, which in and right. of itself is a contradictory statement because if it's impossible to know everything for sure, that statement itself is a knowledge claim that you just claimed is impossible according to your right. stupid garbage logic. So, yeah, it is yeah. self-defeating. It is a contradiction, which I think also, Guzman, is why it's so easy to make them look foolish, which you've done. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Your interaction, your debate with Godless Engineer. I wanted to get your reaction to that and the discussion you had with him just to get your own feedback on how that went. But before we do, I want to remind the audience, if you're just tuning in tonight, that yes, the show on this July 20th, 2020, is appearing exclusively on the Facebook page. If you've just tuned in and you're wondering why you couldn't find the live stream on my YouTube channel, it's because I received a strike for a video that was uploaded years ago on Islamic migration into Europe. And so for that reason, I couldn't upload anything until this upcoming Wednesday. So on this Wednesday, as soon as that clock strikes midnight, the channel will be back and I'll upload the archived edition of this podcast. So that's why it's available only on the Facebook page. But if you haven't done so already, I just want to plug this one more time. Make sure you like the page, facebook.com slash KJV. So you can stay updated on everything that's going on with the channel. Well, Guzman, let me ask you this question next. Obviously, you've tackled several different subjects on your channel, but is there one particular subject or doctrine that you would say you're most passionate about? What gets you most excited? What gets you most fired up? Well, that's a hard question. Um, <laughs> It's like asking what's your what's your favorite false doctrine? Um, <laughs> well, your favorite um, false doctrine to rip on. I yeah, assume is exactly. what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what's my favorite like doctrine to cover on my channel? Um I have a lot of doctrines. Um I just really uh, I like to cover the the just like a whole religion in a whole, you know. I, I like to I like to cover just like false areas of of Christianity, namely the Catholic Church, which is why you know I'm pretty sure we'll get to this later. But which is why I'm uh, doing a documentary on the Catholic Church because right. that's something that I'm passionate about. 
Um, so one of my, you know, uh, favorite doctrines to, uh, to, to talk about on my channel is, um, let me think about that. <laughs> but, um, I think, I think that once saved, always saved. That's a great one to pick. Eternal security, I, I, necessary for yeah, salvation. I, I think that that would be like my favorite one because it's just, it's just so important. Right. Um, now, as far as false doctrines, I like to talk about, um, oh, um, let's see. Let's talk about uh, infant baptism. I, I like I like to, uh, you know, I, I haven't covered it much on, on my channel lately. But you like to debunk because it. Because of the fact, yeah, I, I just like, I like, I just like talking Yeah, well, it's found it. nowhere like, in scripture. And yeah. a lot of these Catholics teach that the baby has to get baptized in order for it to go to heaven, which is completely preposterous. The Bible is very clear that babies go to heaven when they die. All right. Let me say this. For those of you watching on Facebook at facebook.com slash KJV, if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to Guzman1611. Let's support this channel. Let's support Guzman in his efforts to help wake people up. Let's support him in his efforts to, uh, you know, inject YouTube with some some good content rather than all the garbage. You see that Pastor McMurtry was on his channel three months ago. He's had discussions, he's had debates, and we'll talk about this one with Godless Engineer here in a moment. I do also want to let you guys know if you're tuning in live to stay tuned to the end. I do have a special announcement coming up about next week's podcast at the end of the live stream. So if you're tuned in live, don't quit. Okay, wait until the end. Stay tuned until the end because I do have a special announcement about next week's show. Guzman, I want to ask you next about, well, let's just get into it. Your discussion with Godless Engineer. What was it like to dialogue with this guy? I'm not too familiar with him. I know he's done a few videos against me. I've never responded back to him. But I know that Matt Powell is familiar with him and has kind of gone back and forth with him a little bit. And you directly, you know, communicated with him. You had your discussion. You had your debate, whatever you want to call it. Talk about some of the subjects you covered and what it was like to take part in that. Well, first of all, Godless Engineer is not a scientist by any means. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's like I figured. a story in the discussion. <laughs> yeah. Um, Neither am I, so it was just two laymen talking talking about the issues. Um, I think that our discussion was very not beneficial, to be honest, because um, most of the discussion was just me explaining to him what was. <laughs> like, I brought up like ten different lines of evidence. Uh, like, uh, uh, most of it was in, based in paleontology and geology. And most of the discussion was just based on like me just explaining to him what happened right. or what what this specific discovery was. I'm not sure if you watched the whole thing, but when we got to the discussion portion, we were talking about the Howie Quarry. I had to explain to him what it was and everything because you know, um, and I I also had to explain to him what death pits are because obviously he doesn't know what those are. Um, so. It's interesting, too, because he never gave a response to any of the arguments. He would just say, well, here's what I think. You know, I, I'm giving to him what 
the paleontologist think. For example, the Howie Quarry, H O W E Quarry. Um, paleontologists, most paleontologists agree that that was caused by a flood. If if anyone wants a source on that, Doctor Steve Rusatsi's book, um, "The Rise and Fall of the Dinosaurs," covers just very briefly about the the Howie Quarry. Um, it was very obviously the remnants of a flood. Now people will say, well, it wasn't a Noahic flood. It wasn't a global flood. And I would ask, well, what kind of flood would just bury a Barosaurus, Diplodocus, yeah, that's the book, a Barosaurus, Diplodocus, Allosaurus, Camptosaurus, all together. Why would there be predator and prey found together? By the way, just a disclaimer, Dr. Steve Rusati, he's not a creationist. He's an agnostic, so um, he has no bias. And even if he did, it would be against creationism. Um, so, yeah, I think that the, the debate wasn't very beneficial on his part because, I mean, he just didn't understand anything, uh, anything as far as paleontology and everything. Well, the fool has um, said in his heart there is no God, so that explains that right. aspect, right? <laughs> right, yeah. And um, his only evidence against, you know, what I had to say is that well, there's not enough water to cover the earth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if anyone wants to see a response to a full response to that, uh, go to my channel. It's called um, "Why Godless Engineers Wrong About Noah's Flood." But basically, here's a brief uh, summary of what that video talks about. Yeah, sure. There's not enough water to cover the earth right now. Because there are super high mountains right now. There are not super high mountains before the flood. I mean, the Bible says that every high hill was covered. But high is, sub but high is relative, you know? Relative to what? You know, every high hill. It's sort of, you know, the Bible isn't explaining to us step by step what happened. It's... I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way but it's pretty vague about what happened because the bible's focus isn't about noah's flood neither is it about science or creationism it's about the gospel and the reason why the flood is so important is because it's a first of all it's a uh it how do you say it it's a foreshadowing of baptism if you will it's a figure of baptism you know the whole world was baptized in water if you will right right just like how you're supposed to be baptized and then the bible also tells us that the whole world is going to be destroyed with fire so there's your f baptism with fire just like jesus talked about in john chapter three so i think that Noah's flood is a very important topic the topic of the debate with me and Godless was, did dinosaurs live recently? And he had absolutely no proof to say that they did. Other than radiometric dating, which we can talk about in a minute, and the serious flaws about that, um, because there are serious flaws in radiometric dating. It's just ridiculous. So, um, yeah. I don't think it was too beneficial. Well, what are, what are yeah. some of those flaws? Because a lot of the time people would point to radiometric dating to try and prove the billions of years scientific, quote, theory and disprove what the Bible says about the age of the earth. What are some of the problems you think there are with uh, radiometric dating in particular? 
and it looks like I might have lost them. Are you there? Guzman. Why are you bailing on me, bro? I'm just kidding. I'm sure your internet went out. All right, folks. Well, it's live podcast, radio, whatever you want to call it. And so technical difficulties do happen. Guzman, unfortunately, has been ejected by his internet. And so we're going to have to wait to see if he can get back on there. Hopefully he will. And we'll continue on with the stream. But irrespective of that, I mean, I've heard a lot of different people talk about the inconsistencies with respect to radiometric dating. It's not an area I've studied too much, to be honest with you, but it's not very accurate, evidently, and there are a lot of problems with it. So now it's time for me to stall for time until he can get back. But anyway, Oops. you see, it looks Why like he's back. There? Guzman, I'll go back to you in a minute, but I just want to say thanks to everybody watching in the Facebook live stream. Folks, again, if this is your first time tuning in, if you're tuning in now, uh, the channel is in lockdown because of a strike, but it'll be back this upcoming Wednesday. So, Guzman, I asked about radiometric dating. Are there just a few talking points you have on that that would sort of debunk this method of aging the Earth? Because it's something that a lot of atheists and evolutionists constantly point to. Sure. Well, first of all, there are many different forms of radiometric dating. There's carbon-14 dating, there's uh, uh, potassium-argon dating, there's uranium-strontum dating. Um, there's several different dating methods. Carbon-14 is probably the most flawed of all of them. Um, and to this day, most geologists will not accept carbon-14 dating as a reliable source. In fact, no geologist accepts radiometric dating as a reliable way to date a rock. Because there's actually no way to date a rock unless you ask her. Oh, okay, some of you got that. But, um, <laughs> um, there's no actual uh, accurate way to do to date a rock, you know, uh, time-wise, you know. Uh, but let's talk about the most commonly talked about, you know, because Kent Hovind. I mean, he's a great guy, you know. Uh, he he has a couple things wrong. He has a couple issues doctrinally, but you know, he's a he's a great. He's a great person to listen to if you're into this. He has demolished carbon-14 dating. So the evolutionists and uniformitarianists, they sort of let go of that, and they've gone to uranium dating. So let's talk about uranium dating. All carbon-14, uh, all, all radiometric dating is based upon one assumption. Let's look at radiometric dating like a, uh, I'm not sure if you can see that, but I drew like, a, like an hourglass there. Yep, it's visible. So let let uniformitarianists look at radiometric dating like an hourglass. This is uranium. This is strontium, or uh, whatever the min, uh, whatever uh, uh, material you have. And slowly over time, it starts degrading. And by the time all the sand up here gets to the sand down here, that's called a half life. So. By the time all the uranium gets down to here in strontium, then the uranium runs out. Um, but the the main the main um, error, the main flaw in this is that they assume that there's a lid up here. <laughs> they assume that there's a lid up here, and that and they also assume that there's a lid down here. Hmm. Guess what's gonna happen? 
It's you can have all sorts of contaminants getting in there. Right. And you can have all sorts of stuff flushing out. So at that point, it's not really reliable. Just like if you were to use an hourglass with no lids on the on both ends, you wouldn't use it as a reliable, accurate way to determine an hour, right? No, not at all. You would not use that to to time this interview, you know, <laughs> if it didn't have an, if it didn't have lids. Right. So why would you use basically the same principle on radiometric dating and all radiometric dating processes have that main flaw? Mm. All of them. Well, that's really interesting. I appreciate you sharing that. And again, I've heard a lot about how unreliable it is. Obviously, when you have contaminants coming into play, then uh, it's going to affect the results for sure. And I like that comparison you made with, with an hourglass. But you brought up Dr. Kent Hovind. Mm -hmm. Who do you recommend? I know you like Kent Hovind, but are there any other resources that you would recommend to people who want to get a more educated? I asked Brother Matt Powell about this last week, but I want to get your perspective. Who do you learn from? Who do you like the best in terms of you know, these people who cover creation versus evolution and things like that? Oh, look at that. This is who I like the best. Is that, is that a, it looks like you have a Bible there. Okay, for those of you yep. listening on the podcast, Guzman with the smart answer, the Word of God. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually got that from a debate. Uh, I'm not sure if you know who Jason Lyle is. Uh, he's a PhD astronomer. And he was in a debate with uh, Hugh Ross, another PhD astronomer, but he's an old Earth creationist. Jason Lyle is the young Earth creationist. Hugh Ross is the old Earther. And they're debating, and, uh, you know, the moderator says uh, to Jason Lyle, he says, um, now, where, where, would, uh, where would the layman go to if he wants to learn more about what, you, what we covered tonight? And Lyle pulls up the Bible, and he says, Right there. This. Hey, Genesis <laughs> chapter 1 is a pretty good place to start. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the moderator says, okay, okay, just don't use the Bible. <laughs> but it, it was pretty funny. Uh, the, the moderator is Christian. Uh, his name's Frank Turek. But um, so yeah. Um, what do you think of Frank Turek? Are you familiar with him? Yeah, Frank Turek. I, I really enjoyed his book. Um, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Mm. Uh, that is, is a really good book. Uh, I'm not sure about his position on the age of the earth. I haven't heard too much about that. I do know that he's opposed to evolution, and many old earth creationists are opposed to evolution as well. Um, there are a couple that are theistic evolutionists, but. Uh, when you talk about like old Earth creationists, a lot of them are, are against evolution, and that includes Frank Turek. Well, Guzman, let um, me say this about Frank Turek, and, and you know, mm -hmm. I might get some heat sure. for this, but I think there's a pretty good chance that Frank Turek's got the right gospel and is actually a brother in Christ. From what I've heard him mm -hmm. say, with respect to what it takes to get to heaven, he seemed pretty accurate. So I'm not, yeah. I'm necessarily not in agreement with a lot of the stuff that he would teach, but. It seems like he's got salvation right, and so I got to give him credit there. He's friends with people that are extremely wicked, like Rick Warren yeah. and things of that nature. I, I'm not endorsing him at all necessarily, but I do mm. think he's a brother in Christ, and I do think he does make some pretty good arguments You know, when it comes right. to debunking atheism and things like that. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it would be the same for Answers in Genesis. Like They have a lot of great resources over there. Uh, back to the question, you know, what would be a great resource? Answers in Genesis is a great resource, um, but then you have the whole doctrinal issues and everything. You know, the Bible—they uh, don't—they're not King James only. So when I, for a disclaimer for the audience, 
all the sources that I'm going to bring up, I don't agree necessarily 100% on it on, with them. In fact, some of them could just be, I mean, I might get heat for this, but some of them might just be heretics. Just well, I mean, Ken, I don't think Ken Ham is saved at all. But I think right, Frank yeah. Turek is, frankly. I mean, that was yeah. kind of a pun, frankly. 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 <laughs> but no, really, no, though, no. all kidding aside, I do think that from what I've heard, and again, maybe somebody will pull up a video or whatever to counteract what I'm saying here, but on Salvation, he talks about how it's just by faith, and you can't lose it, and you just got to call in the name of the Lord. So, yeah, he's got a bunch of issues, but seems like he's saved to me. Go ahead, sorry. No problem. Sure. So uh, back to resources. Um, there are a lot of great resources. Um, you know, uh, you asked Matt this question, and I would agree with him a lot on a lot of the things that he that he brought up in the interview. You know, like Kent Hovind, obviously. You know, he's a great. And for any person who is getting started, I would say go to Kent Hovind and Grady McMurtry. Those are the two. Yeah, that Grady I McMurtry is extremely beginners. intelligent guy. Amen. Yeah. So um, after that, if you want to get like, in, let's say there's somebody who's already into this and they want to get better arguments, um, go to a channel called Standing for Truth, a YouTube channel called Standing for Truth. I'll actually be on there tomorrow. Um, I, I won't be on there for an interview, but I'll be moderating a big, big debate. Um, uh, Dr. Kevin Anderson versus Jackson Wheat. So that'll be fun tomorrow on his channel. Just a quick cheap plug there. I hope you don't mind, Ben. <laughs> oh, I'm very mad at you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Great. Well, I look um, forward to that. Yeah, so uh, standing for Also, um, if you're looking into... There's a ton of PhD, young creationist scientists. A ton of them. Yeah. There's people in biology. There's people in astronomy. There's people in geology, paleontology. A ton of people. Microscopy. Yeah, microscopy. Um... There's a ton of them. Uh, so if you're more into geology or paleontology, a great guy to listen to is um, uh, Kurt Wise, uh, Matthew McLean, and Marcus Ross. So those are all of them are PhDs. All three of them are PhDs. Um, in fact, Kurt Wise, he has a PhD from Harvard. Mm. So there you go. All right. <laughs> um, as far as astronomy goes, like uh, Jason Lyle, Danny Faulkner, uh, genetics, you can go to John Sanford, uh, uh, Nathaniel Jensen, uh, and a ton of, a uh, host of others, you know, um, biology, uh, you can go to, uh, 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 Todd Wood, and there's just, just a ton of them. All right. Well, thanks for giving me some of your recommendations. I'll have to check out <laughs> a few of those that you plugged here. Slow down, Johnny, slow down. <laughs> hey, it's good. I'm <laughs> glad you gave me stuff. some names, right? I mean, at least, you know, you gave me an answer there, so I, I appreciate it. And now let's end with this. Talk about some upcoming projects you have in the works. I know you want to do a documentary against Catholicism, debunking Catholicism. That and whatever else you have going on, go ahead and plug away. Talk about some of your upcoming projects so that the audience listening to this right now can go and check them out. Well, first of all, um, you said... Uh... You said I want to create a documentary. I don't want to. I'm already doing it. <laughs> yeah, you're doing it. That's right. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Um, uh, it. It's in the works right now. I'm hoping of maybe releasing it sometime in September, late September. Um, since this whole COVID thing, I haven't been able to get a lot uh, to, you know, any interviews with priests. But 
since this thing has sort of been Be dying careful, down, right? <laughs> sort of, <laughs> sort yeah, I know, yeah, um, sort of dying down. I think I might be interviewing a couple more priests at probably at most like three, two or three, something like that. Um, also, um, you know that I'm also trying to secure an interview with uh, doc, uh, Dr. Steve Lawson. Uh, some maybe somebody in, a, in the audience knows who that is, but uh, he, he's he wrote a book on William Tyndale, and so I'll be interview. I'll, I'm gonna try to get an interview with him, uh, hopefully talking about martyrs and everything like that. Um, aside from the documentary, I want to create like a like a sort of like an index to all the creationist arguments. Uh, really on, good idea. On the channel, like. Matt can yeah, so help you out with like, that. that. That'd be excellent. That'd be excellent if you could help out with that because I, I want this to be like a huge uh, thing, just like multiple episodes, each covering different topics. Like right now, um, you know, I have a ton of projects that works right now, so it's, it's pretty hard. But um, right now I'm trying to get as much information as I can on dinosaurs and feathers. That's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, that um, sounds fun. <laughs> and by the way, for everyone watching, Dinosaurs did have feathers. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> um, so uh, I, I, uh, I'm going to try to create like an index of like dinosaurs with feathers. Does this prove evolution? Does this prove uh, Genesis? Talk about all that. I'm going to try to talk about a, you know, a bit of astronomy and everything like that. So, and also just try to cover like bad creationist arguments. Just don't use those. Okay, <laughs> like don't use these arguments. Okay, so. Uh, that that'll be all in the works soon, hopefully. Great. Well, that 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 all sounds like really interesting stuff. I like the idea of an index. I also like the idea of you helping people not to make bad arguments because we've seen that yeah. recently with the King James and this Ruckman yeah. view coming out of a church in Florida, where they're basically, you know, who shall not be named. <laughs> they're making King James only doesn't look dumb, and so it's actually counterproductive when somebody tries to defend the right position but using a horrible method and i think it's important mm -hmm. to make sure people don't make that mistake guzman it was a pleasure to have you on thanks for doing this i really appreciate it and uh, you know just keep up the good work that's all i can say you know i'm a fan and i hope that you keep churning out content keep building we're gonna watch you you know i think you're, we're gonna watch you do a lot of good stuff on youtube and, and continue to gain more and more of an audience as you produce more documentaries, videos, interviews, and all that great stuff. So you just keep serving the Lord and ignore the haters. <laughs> Amen, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I really appreciate having this opportunity to come on. Uh, thanks so much for inviting me. Yeah, no problem at all, Guzman. I'm gonna let you go now. I'll have you on again right. sometime in the future. And anytime, if you ever want to do something on your channel or you need an interview or something, just send me an email. I'd be glad to reciprocate. But I hope you enjoy the rest of your night, Guzman, and I'll see you next time you pop in at Steadfast, which is at random points. Periodically, you do show up because you don't. You kind of live in like two places at the same time. But next time you show up, come say hi. All right. Thanks so much, Ben. All right. Have a good night. God bless. Folks, that was Guzman. 1611 and one more time I want to just do the big push for his channel 
It is Guzman 1611. I'll put it on the screen if you're watching on the Facebook page. There it is. Subscribe. Check him out. Let's support the next generation. Let's support Guzman 1611. All right. Well, we got a question from the chat room, if you want to call it that, this Facebook Live deal. Kevin, he says, Bro Ben, when is the documentary from Steadfast supposed to come out? Here's my goal, October. That's my goal. And we will see if I can meet that goal. I would love to meet that goal. But that's what I'm going to try and do, October. Let me end with this, an announcement for next Monday. I hope you guys tune in. The live stream will be back on my YouTube channel next Monday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. That is 6 p.m. Pacific for episode 45 of this broadcast. As of right now, as of right this second, and this might change because this individual has a very busy schedule. So we'll see. If it changes, you guys will figure it out when you tune in next week and this guest couldn't appear. But as of right now, he is booked. Pastor Stephen Anderson will be on next Monday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern over on Facebook.com slash Ben the Baptist. I'm sorry, YouTube.com slash Ben the Baptist. YouTube.com slash Ben the Baptist. Don't forget to tune in to the YouTube channel next Monday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. Pastor Anderson from Faithful Word Baptist Church. I got a lot to talk to him about including S. Anderson 1611 getting taken down and some upcoming projects that he has in store for us all coming out of Tempe, Arizona. So don't skip that one. I think you'll enjoy it next Monday night. But until then, folks, that's it for this live stream. It's always fun to do this with you all each and every week. Tune in Monday nights for new episodes and also... BenTheBaptistKJV.com for the archive. Every episode that's ever been recorded is right there. I also have a blog that I regularly update as much as I can. Actually, I say regularly, but it's been very, very inconsistent. I'll try and be better. God bless you all. I appreciate the support. Unless the channel gets banned or something, I'll be back on the channel next week. And I'll talk to you guys again next Monday.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.